0: And welcome to a special edition of Bridging the Political Gap. And this one is a show that doesn't have anything to do with politics. It is a show. Today is August the 2nd, um, 2021. And nine years ago, I had a younger brother that died of a brain aneurysm. Um, he was Keith Wallace. Uh, he was at the time 25, almost 26 years old. September 3rd was his birthday. Um, Cooper, who we had done the show earlier to. Uh, in this season who passed away, my dog, actually was Keith's dog. And when he died, uh, Cooper became first my brother's girlfriend, Casey, her dog, and then it was my dad's dog, and my dad had him for five years. And when he passed away, the dog came and lived with me. So Cooper was sort of this bridge through all of this family uh, uh, sadness for a long time. Uh, but my brother died of a brain aneurysm. He was a very energetic, uh, he was a hunter and a fisherman and a golfer. And We did a show uh, on Carolina this week with my friend Tim McGinnis, who we also did a show earlier in the year, uh, we, uh, or the radio show with. He, he now hosts, but he was the host of PDE's Carolina this week. We did a show on organ donation because my brother died of a brain aneurysm, and he was an organ donor, and he saved... Uh, they used four of the five organs, and then you know there was a lot of other th- things that they do. Um, and so ever since he passed away, I've tried to, to go out and talk to people about organ donation and, and the importance of it, and that it's really the gift of life that, 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 that you have an opportunity to give if a tragedy befalls you and, and you are in a position to donate organs. And, and so it's important, I think, to people who are looking for, uh, you know, hearts and livers and kidneys and all the things, you know, to give them a new leash on life. And I remember when, after Keith died and we did the organization, we did an event in Myrtle Beach. I was a city councilman then, and uh, I had a lady come to to see me. She had just seen it on TV and came to the ceremony uh, based on this interview that we're getting ready to show you. And she had been on diocese for 17 years, and she—or— she had had the kidney for 17 years, but she had been on dialysis, and she was telling me all the the about being on dialysis that it created, and it made you feel good. And he knew that, you know, at 25, my brother's organs uh, could help somebody for maybe 40 years or more have a normal life. So anyway, um, in honor of him, his his uh, the day that he passed away was August the 2nd, 2012. Today is the 2nd. I thought we would rebroadcast here on Bridging the Political Gap. Uh, the show on WPDE's ABC News uh, this week with Tim McGinnis on the importance of organ donation and uh, if you want to do that Donate Life South Carolina um, is a place that um, that does that and, and can sign you up and of course you can do that at the Department of Motor Vehicles as well so anyway here is the show from 2013
1: Carolina This Week with Tim McGinnis Good morning. I hope you're having a great weekend. We have three subjects and only two guests this week. We're going to talk about cystic fibrosis and some events coming up to support the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation in our area. We're also going to talk politics. And we're going to talk about organ donation. Those last two subjects we're going to talk about with City Myrtle Beach City Councilman Randall Wallace, who lost his brother last year very suddenly and knows all about organ donation. Here's News Channel 15's Lisa Edge.
0: Anywhere I went, he went with me when he was growing up when I'd go over there so you know I got a lot of really happy and good memories of him and that was him riding around on the boat
2: inside Randall Wallace's home you can easily find pictures of his younger brother Keith 16 years his junior Wallace says before Keith's death they were beginning to have more things in common
0: He was a big-hearted guy but he was a lot of fun I mean, Keith liked to he hunted and he liked to fish and he was an outstanding golfer
2: Keith's life ended suddenly last August, while with a friend he complained of an exploding headache. He was suffering from a brain aneurysm at only 25 years old. At the hospital in Columbia, he was put on life support.
0: It was a complete and total shock to us because he, there was no inkling that anything was wrong.
2: Wallace says while at the hospital, they learned Keith signed up to donate his organs. His request saved the lives of others and Wallace would like to see more do the same.
0: The longer somebody lives without a kidney, you know, they gotta do dialysis twice a week. Their you know, their quality of life is is uh is pretty low. And if this is a way, you know, to change that, and you know, then we need to get the awareness up so people will, you know, sign up for the to, to be a donor.
1: Joining us now is Myrtle Beach City Councilman. Randall Wallace, thanks for coming in to talk with us about this subject. It's obviously something that you know all about firsthand.
0: Yeah, something that I never never dreamed that I would end up knowing about firsthand. You know, it's one of those things that you just I can't can't really describe the shock that that hit us in August when this happened.
1: Yeah, so, so sorry about that. That uh, that's that's just tough to lose somebody that suddenly, and then you're faced with decisions that you never thought you'd be making. It's especially, yeah, for
0: somebody that young. You know, you, you, it's in the back of your mind when you've got an elderly parent or a grandparent or something is one thing, but when it's your 20, your, your brother that's 25 years old and 16 years younger than you are, you kind of figure he's going to be, it's going to be the opposite way around if anything ever happens. So, yeah, it was a total,
1: total surprise. Obviously, when you lose somebody like that, your world is turned upside down all of a sudden. How, how, how was the subject of organ transplant broached to y'all from from doctors,
0: uh, well, he, when we got the, when I got there, it was it was pretty late. Keith Keith had collapsed somewhere around four o'clock and he had a brain aneurysm that burst, and so it it came on him very fast. And um, by the time I got there, he was in the room, he was on, on the ventilator, uh, and it was it was pretty clear, though. You know, a lot of my family that had been there with him all day really had not come to that conclusion, and. Uh, a nurse talked to me about, hey, we can do these tests. What they thought, but they were like, legally we can't say. And I, and I was like, well, you, you need to get some, some grief counselors or somebody in here to, to talk to my family because Keith was the only child of my stepmother, and my, my father, he was a late life child for him, and you know they just adored Keith. I mean, he was the center of the world, you know, sure. and. Once that started, the person that came in that was the grief person actually worked for LifePoint, and at one point I talked to her in the hall about, you know, just the two of us about whether or not he would have been a, a, a candidate for organ donation. That I was, I would have been in favor of it, but I didn't, wasn't the decision maker, didn't know. Mm-hmm. And she just pulled out a sheet and said he had had signed up on his own, and that, you know, he it was a legal document, but that they wanted. You know, us to to be in concurrence with it, and uh, and we didn't know, we had no idea that Keith had ever had ever signed up for that, but it it really relieved us to mm-hmm. know that he had, and so we kind of had an idea where he w- would want to go if right. this went the, the way it was fairly clear at that point that it was going to be.
1: Yeah, so. but still tough, I, I imagine when when they bring it up and you've got a you got so much on your mind, and now you're thinking about this person who you was just fine. A few hours beforehand, and all of a sudden, you're having to think about pieces of your flesh and blood going to other people.
0: Yeah, it, it it's it, you're in, you're in just like in a total state of shock, you know. Mm-hmm. And you still, it especially was true of of my my father and my stepmother and and his, his, Casey, his his girlfriend. You know, they'd been with him all day, and you know, I kind of walked in, and so it was like, you know. Uh, you know, there, we're still hoping against hope, but it 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 was you know it was getting pretty clear that you know there just wasn't mm. going to be any any chance of that. But yeah, it's it's pretty stunning. And I can remember the first thing I told my dad on the phone when he called me to tell me I was like, "There's there's no way." This is just, yeah. I just saw him. I had just seen him on on the Sunday before, and he was fine. Sure. So,
1: now you find out that he's gonna he's he's an organ donor, and that a part of him is going to go to other people. And help them and five other people.
0: I think it was five. There was there was one organ that couldn't be used, but but uh, all the rest of it, I think was was done. so that would be I think it would be five that were would, that were directly saved. One of the recipients was here in South Carolina, and then there, there was the tissue stuff was as much as fifty were wow. affected. So yeah, it's really kind of amazing how many people are affected. And you know, and I didn't realize that until until this. Just how much, you know, if your mm-hmm. body is in good shape and they can do it, uh, how many people can be affected and helped.
1: And yeah, here's a young man, 25 years old, I imagine, you know, they probably get, if, if it's an older, an elderly person's body, they may not be able to do as much with the organs, but here's a young, I guess, yeah. vital person, and all of a sudden... Yeah, Keith was a, he was a
0: three-sport athlete, so, and I can remember sitting there looking at him while he was on the ventilator and thinking, wow, he you know, he looks, because he looked like he was laying there asleep, and he looked like a, a million bucks, I mean, he he... He played football and basketball in high school and he was an outstanding golfer and he liked to hunt and fish. So he you know, he was in pretty good pretty good shape. And I and I it kinda hit me this week when we were doing this, a lady came to the city council meeting that had gotten a, a kidney transplant seventeen years ago, and she looked very healthy and hearty and, you know, she was just a she was a delightful lady. And I and I thought, you know, somebody could probably live with Keith Orkins another 60 years I mean he's 20 25 26 years old and yeah. was in good shape other than this brain aneurysm problem so somebody's gonna good have possibly a very long life yeah. yeah thanks
1: to this you'd think 50 or 60 years ahead of somebody who's 25 years old that's
0: yeah and in, in the case of like this lady I don't you know her situation was very dire 17 years ago but like I said with this one kidney she's got she's she she looked healthier than me. I think so.
1: Well, did that help your family in the grieving process? Did you ever think about at any point that hey, maybe you know in a way part of him is living on through somebody else? I th-
0: I think I think it, it certainly helped me with it. And I I think that the the rest of them you know we're interested in meeting them. I've I've now talked to my my stepmother and and my dad and and, and Casey. They're all kind of interested in meeting the person who who. The recipients of Mm -hmm. it, I guess. So I think in that way, you know, you do feel like part of him is going to live on for a long period of time. And that's, I think it really, it it helps you
1: get through it. And it's pretty simple in South Carolina to become an organ donor. You can pretty much do it just when you go to renew or get your driver's license for the first time, and you can become a part of that registry. They'll put it on your driver's license. Mm -hmm. Go and check that, uh, on the registry, on the on the donor registry. In fact, you can find a link that'll tell you a lot about this and includes uh, Randall's story and his brother Keith's story by going to your website, carolinalive.com. dot Do a search for organ donation. Lisa's story will pop up there. We have some links inside of that story that will take you and walk you through, and and you'll learn everything you need to know about organ donation.
0: Yeah, yeah. And it's it is. You know, it's a, it's a it's a good
1: thing. I mean, you can help a lot of
0: people. So yeah.
1: Well, and that's a. Uh, tough loss but uh i guess the the if there's any silver lining it is that he saved some other people
0: that's and and, and keith was a big-hearted guy you know and mm-hmm. so i kind of feel like you know in that way he he's uh he he we respected his wishes and he's able to do something to help other people and that i think he would have been happy with that you know things considered but
1: well you are myrtle beach city councilman randall wallace too and i want to take a <laughs> quick break when we come back we'll uh Put on your politician hat. We'll talk some Myrtle Beach politics and uh, talk about that seat that you ran for, the 7th Congressional District seat, and uh, talk a little bit about what's going on in Congress right now. Yes, sir. All right. Take a quick break. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Carolina. This week we're talking with... Myrtle Beach City Councilman Randall Wallace. We're talking about organ donation, and we're going to talk about politics in just a few minutes. But let's wrap up our conversation about organ donation. In case you missed the top of the, the top of the show, talking about your brother Keith, who died suddenly at 25 years old last August. Mm-hmm. When it came down to that decision time and time to let go, that type of thing, a lot of family members, I would think, might have a tough time saying. Oh yeah, it's, uh- you know. You can take parts of my son or daughter loved one's body and give it to somebody else. I imagine that's got to be that's tough.
0: It's it's a it, yeah it's a very tough tough decision because you know you, you I think really what what can be the hardest thing is is, is even after we had, had been declared brain the death brain death had happened mm-hmm. he still looked you know like he was just laying there asleep like I said and right. and one of the the things about making the decision that was if you could say, easier on us, because one of my big fears was, okay, we're going to have to decide to unplug him and let him go. And I, my dad and my stepmother and my brother's girlfriend, Casey, they were going to have to sit there and watch that, and I didn't want, you know, that was just right. the most horrific thing that you could think of to have to do. And because he had to stay on life support for another day while they arranged, this was just fairly technical about arranging the other the, the recipients and all mm-hmm. that, you know, we were able to let this, all of us had time with him, you know alone or like my dad and i and, and his girlfriend, we all sat with him for a little bit, and then we had a room full of people because so Keith was pretty popular and, and we probably had thirty or forty people who had shown up and were in the waiting room and we let all of his friends come back from high school and, and college and they got all everybody had time with him while he still looked you know right. like he was living but it's a it's a pretty tough decision
1: I imagine if go. I was in that seat though i, I maybe the thought would cross my mind that are they just keeping him alive? You know, are they they just telling me that that this is the the situation when really they just want to harvest?
0: And, you know, and people have said that to me, and and I can tell you, having lived through this now, that I think that in Key's case, certainly, and you you had a 26-year-old kid, no doctor's going to sit there and let a 26-year-old die. And everything that could possibly have been done to to help keith was done above and beyond um you know that was our experience above and beyond what was really necessary at one point you know he they had two more tests that they wanted to do that that i sat in with him on but they had to have his body temperature back to a normal thing and it was starting to drop Mm -hmm. and they 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 wrapped him in this stuff to, to try to warm him back Up so that he could do, and that's you know it was kind of tough thing to even go back over, but you know they did what they could do to make sure that there was no chance that he was that his his brain was still functioning, and so I can tell anybody this that they're going to do everything they can do to to save that patient they've got, and once that's done, you know then you really. There's no reason to let all those organs go with them, you know, if you've got a chance to help as many people as, as, as Keith was able to do.
1: I was looking into this a little bit because another question I had was what about religion? I imagine that there have to be religions out there that would say that the body needs to be intact for burial, that type of thing. And when I looked into it, Japanese Shinto is about the only religion <laughs> that does not support harvesting organs. And uh, I don't know anybody that practices Shinto. Nothing against Shinto, <laughs> but uh, no. so it, it seems to me that religion's not even a barrier in this.
0: No, no. Everything that I have, all, uh, most, uh, all the major religions are in favor. Of it. And I think you know you can kind of look at it. This is God's given us, in, in my opinion, the ability to do it. Yeah. So it's I mean, a tremendous
1: it's, gift to give somebody else.
0: Yeah, and I and I think that is, and I, so I think that in a way you're honoring <laughs> yeah. the higher power to do it. But
1: and I talked to you about this uh, before too. When it came down to having an open casket, because obviously here's a young man who was in the prime of his life. You, you might yeah. want to have, people might want to have one last chance to see him, but if they're going to take organs out, are you going to be able to do that? You know what? He,
0: we had an open casket for Keith, uh, and he looked, uh, you know, he looked like him, you know, laying there. I mean, it really, they did a good job of, of, of making him presentable. So it, 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 you, you can have an open casket. And there's, you know, I actually take some of your, a bone, too, in your arm, and they'll ask you about that. Mm-hmm. But they'll have a prosthesis in there, that, so you, you know, you won't notice it, which is, yeah. but he looked, he looked fine. He looked, so I would tell anybody, you know, you can have an open gasket if if mm-hmm. it's a situation, especially one like Keith, where it wasn't an accident. It was a, you know, an aneurysm that burst, mm-hmm. you know, so as long as that's the case, and you should have no reason Organ donation is not a reason, to, or casket, not being open, is not a reason to to not do it.
1: I imagine, you know, there, there might be some people watching this morning saying, boy, what a morbid subject to talk about here. But mm-hmm. talk to one of those people that received a heart, received a kidney, received tissue after a severe burn, something to that degree. You're going to learn pretty quickly that it's not necessarily morbid. It can be uplifting, too. Yeah, very, and, you know, two things. I, I have
0: been contacted this week by several donor recipients that just wanted to thank one lady the like, the lady mm-hmm. I was telling, you, she drove to the council meeting, all she'd seen it in the newspaper. When she came. Several people want to explain to me or talk to me about things that you could do at, that, that the donor families and donor recipients get to do at MUSC with the program. So these people have been reaching out to me all week out of gratitude to whoever had helped them and say, thank you to our family for, you know, what Keith had done. So I, 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 you know, it's a, that's been an uplifting thing. Makes you make has made me feel better about about what has been you know a pretty sad few months. And I and I tell you another thing that I've. I've liked being able to do is just a few minutes that you get to talk about mm-hmm. him. A lot of people didn't know Keith because he had not grown up in Myrtle Beach. He actually, my dad had moved away to Manning, and so uh, you know a lot of people knew my, my oldest brother Thomas and, and me mm-hmm. here in Myrtle Beach. But I've been able to introduce him to, you know, talk about him before we did the proclamation. I had some pictures of him up. One of them him sitting up on a mm-hmm. of basketball goal. And he was in high school, <laughs> and you just get to talk about what a good good guy he was, and is a chance to kind of put a, a face to the issue and a face to to the, when they say Randall Wallace's brother died. But, will get to know him so i've been if you can enjoy something just a chance to to share him with the public has been sure rewarding for me
1: councilman thank you for coming in to talk about this day we were going to talk politics but uh i think we used up all of our time so you have to come back some other time and do that i would love to all right well thank you stay with us when we come back and talk about a wine tasting event and a walk going on at the market common to benefit cystic fibrosis stay with us we'll be right back
0: This is Randall Wallace, uh, your host for Bridging the Political Gap. I want to thank you first for tuning in to our podcast and invite you to come to our website, RandallWallace.com. There you can get a copy of our book, Always Vote Your Conscience, Don't Take It Personally, and Don't Fight the Same Old Battles Over and Over Again, with a lot of policy suggestions and things that I think everyone could embrace, an argument for why we need to be working together instead of fighting with each other. Also, you can take a look at the first 11 episodes of this podcast, which was a podcast documentary that looked at the World War II generation of bipartisan leadership that built the American century and the lessons we can learn from them to apply to today's situations. Again, thanks for tuning in to our podcast. And if you've enjoyed our show, please leave us a review at wherever you get your podcast. And now, let's get back to the show. <laughs>